Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. This podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. Normally I do interviews with people who've moved overseas. This time I'm going to share an interview with an expert in dealing with clutter because one of the questions that comes up very often when people want to move overseas is what to do with all of the stuff. So I hope you enjoy this interview with her, a little bit different style from normal. And if you're interested in joining us on Facebook in the Live and Earn in Paradise group. We hope you will join us. Um, There's a link in the show notes. I have a very special edition of Freedom Friday with Dawn for you today. I have a guest, Jess Marcy. She's, I've watched her have tremendous success with her uh, program and I thought it would be so timely to bring her on and have her talk about stuff because that's obviously one of the things we talk about in our five-day workshop is what to do with the stuff. And uh, so she's, uh, I guess, um, I, I'm looking at one sheet. I didn't, I just call her a clutter ac- expert. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I have a hard time figuring out what to call myself after all of these years, you know, professional organizer, clutter coach, but it really doesn't get to the heart of what I do, which is really help people let go of the stuff that they're attached to and move forward with their life so they can take on these big life experiences and do all these things that are on their wish list and their bucket list. So anyway, thank you so much for having me, Dawn. Oh, I'm just thrilled. And I cannot wait to hear how you got started as a clutter coach. Tell me about that. <laughs> so, you know, I've been, I've always loved organization, right? When as a kid, I was the person who would pull my whole room apart and reorganize it. And at every point in my life, I thought, you know, I want to be a professional organizer. And my parents always told me, you can do whatever you want, as long as you become a doctor or a lawyer. So so I I went to school, I went to, um, as when I got into college, I got into a three and three program. So I would complete three years of an undergraduate and I had guaranteed admission into law school. Uh, And at that third year, I decided I really don't want to be a lawyer. That actually sounded terrible to me. Uh, so not that great. Trust I, me. <laughs> <laughs> I took my LSATs. I did great. I got you know. I mean, everything was moving forward, and at the very last minute, I just pulled the plug and said, "This is not right for me." Um, and then I was kind of left with, "Well, what is the right path that I should to go on?" But I had been working in the archives at the the college I went to, and I really was interested in history and kind of the organization of history and artifacts and all that stuff. So I ended up getting a master's degree in archival science, which is basically the organization of large collections of items. Uh, And that put me on this path to becoming a professional organizer. But it wasn't until 
many different career changes that it all came together. You know, I was doing this as a hobby. Um, and then it just became really clear that I needed to do it as, as my full-time job. But also personally, you know, I had two little girls and I was really drowning in clutter, although it was very organized clutter. You know, I had the nice boxes, the labels, and I had to, I really had these moments where, very low moments actually, where I was depressed and I had a lot of anxiety and I had to figure out what was the underlying cause here. And for me, it was that I had too much stuff. My kids had too much stuff. We had too much stuff. And even though it was organized, it was overwhelming and it was creating just too much chaos in my life. So I really learned on myself and my family how to move forward. And the key is to get rid of a lot of the stuff that you own, you know, to learn those basic skills, to learn how much space you actually have and to live within that space. And that's where the freedom comes from. So everything I teach, I learned the hard way. <laughs> Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, your uh, community, I know, has, has just grown leaps and bounds. People are really resonating with your message, um, which um, I guess before we kind of get into the, you know, how to deal with the stuff as, as um, you know, that my audience is interested in, um, can you talk a little bit more? I know we were talking in the, um, before the interview started about um, sort of the, the bigger impact um, in, in going this direction. Uh, so do you mean like the environmental impact yeah. or the, okay. Yeah. 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 So what's been really fascinating to me working with clients is, there's a lot of concern about letting go of stuff. How, what's the best way to let go of items that I have? I have clients that just have boxes in their homes because they don't know if they should recycle boxes. Um, they just, they don't want to let go of things because they're afraid that there's going to be an environmental impact. It's going to go into a landfill. So I started really digging deep into what happens to our stuff when we let go of it. And one of the cold, hard truths that I share all the time is everything that you own is going to end up in a landfill one day. And that's horrible sounding, but it really is the truth. So the best thing that we can do as consumers is to buy less starting immediately. We have almost no control over what happens to something when it leaves our house, right. but we have a lot of control over what we bring into the house. So really now it's Black Friday, right? So we're being inundated with sales flyers and these a very emotional pulls to go purchase something. But just remember, everything that you're bringing into your house, you are going to have to get out of your house. So if that's going to be a struggle, that needs to be part of our buying decision. Because once you purchase it, once you consume it, it's your responsibility to dispose of it. And we, we really have no control over what happens once we leave it at a donation center, you know, put it into the trash. Uh, there's, unfortunately, the global situation with recycling is really, really bad. Almost nothing gets recycled. So even if we recycle something, it's not necessarily being, it's most likely it's not going to be recycled. It's going to go into a landfill. So just try and think about that before you bring something in, because that's where you have the most control over the process. That's where it starts, right? It all starts. That's where it starts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, thank you for, um, for bringing that up. Cause I think that is important. Um, as we, 
um, think about that. And um, so now you also work with people who are downsizing, which is kind of what sort of like what we're doing here. Um, some people do that. And uh, what we teach is to do a beta test. Um, like you don't have to get rid of all your stuff to go do a beta test, right? So right. you go try it out before you like go through this whole exercise. <laughs> but then let's assume, and our beta tests, we're getting some really great results back. People are really loving that concept and then um, coming back and going, okay, now, uh, yeah, I really want to do this. So where do I start? So trying, uh, we've talked about, you know, like sorting into, you know, what are you going to take? And, and you may only take a couple suitcases with you, right? If you're traveling by airplane, um, maybe a car load if you are going to drive. I know uh, one of my uh, ladies I, I interviewed on my podcast, she told me she and her husband moved out of a 7,500 square foot home in Canada. And only brought with them what they could fit in their Ultima. So <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. And then she told, also told me it was really interesting. She had like all these photo albums and like, you know, that that's, those are memories, those are experiences. And so she put them in storage and then she told the story about going back up there and just spending days scanning. Right. And then yeah. basically yeah. taking them to a landfill like the, yep. the actual photo albums. Um, but that was, that was done later on. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the one extreme, um, of, of that whole exercise, but really it's the, you know, uh, take, sell, donate, um, you know, or store or kind of our, our major categories. So, so tell me how you, um, how you help people through that daunting task. <laughs> it is really daunting. There's no question about it. So I think recognizing that it's overwhelming and that this is going to be a project that you have to break down into little bits and pieces and just continuous momentum forward is huge. Uh, the first thing that I do when people start working with me, and if you ever are interested in my clutter boot camp, this is a like a baseline thing that we teach is when you are decluttering, when you're starting the process of downsizing, it's critical that you stop bringing stuff in. So I use this analogy, which is <laughs> it's, it's a strong analogy that's going to stick with you. But think about a clogged toilet. You would never add material to a clogged toilet until you got rid of that clog, right? And so clutter is essentially the same thing in your house. It's a clog. You're never going to get on top of what's there if you keep bringing stuff in. So right away in boot camp and with all of the clients I've ever worked with, we do a cold, hard stop. Nothing comes into your house while you're downsizing, while you're decluttering, because you're just getting in, in your own way then, right? You're never going to get on top of it. So number one, consider completely stopping shopping, right? And the question I get all the time is, well, what about my pantry? Just eat down your pantry. Like this is a great time to eat down what you have and really save money. You save so much money when you stop even for a brief period of time. But that's going to help you get on top of what is actually in your house. And then the next step is to look at the space. Look at your space that you actually have and look at, think about the space that you're moving to. Typically, we're living well outside of our storage space to begin with. So storage space in your home is really what I define as uh, closets or cabinets 
floor space is not storage space, right? So this is kind of like a big aha for a lot of people. If you have been stacked up on your floor, that's not storage space. So you're probably living outside of your storage space to begin with. So step one is try and reduce what you have to live within the storage space that you currently have already. Because typically with downsizing, you have to realistically get rid of 80% of what you own because you're already living so far out of the space that you have mm-hmm. and you're going to a smaller space. So just be really firm with yourself, really understand how much space you have, how much space you will have, and think about that as a guide moving forward. I also, I have some cautionary tales about storing stuff. So be very clear when you go to store your items. Number one, put a budget on it, a strict budget, because most people have end up having storage units for decades and you don't want to be paying to store stuff that you are never going to use. Um, the other thing is that storage units, they have a lot of little critters and they have flooding problems. So if you're storing memorabilia or photographs or things that are really important to you, you want to get a climate controlled storage unit, which costs a lot more. But otherwise, there's a good chance you will go back and find mold, mildew, mice, ants, bugs. I mean, the gamut, right? So and the storage unit insurance does not cover those type of things. So just a, a little warning there, because <laughs> uh, the worst thing ever is going back to get your family artifacts and finding or heirloom items and finding that they've been destroyed. Yeah, so be, be kind of realistic about that too. Good tip. Yeah, we ha- still have a storage unit in Florida, but yeah, there's no question climate controlled is the, was the only way to go because you just because of what you said. Yeah, the humidity there, it, you, you don't even think about it. Um, oh, yeah. And just the material that they use to build those, it creates a lot, even in other climates, it creates a lot of, of humidity and that you're going to get mold and mildew. And then that destroys everything. So you don't want to come back to that. <laughs> no. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Integrity Vacation Property Management Trust, Truth, Results From buyer's representative services to rental market analysis, staging, marketing, and full-service property management, achieving your goals is our top priority. Visit our website at www.integrityvpm.com and get our free guide, Self-Manage or Hire, a property owner's checklist of issues to consider. Contact us for a free consultation to see if we can help you maximize the return on your investments. 
Integrity VPM, Raising the Bar in Vacation Property Management. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. Um, what have you found as far as um, selling? Now, we really lucked out when we were in Florida. We had rented this big house, and uh, I had you know, picked up a lot of things on Craigslist and you know, didn't pay a lot of money for them, but I got some really good quality things. I had a, a consignment shop down the street that uh, I brought her over six months before we moved and said, hey, what, what, would, you, what would you take? And she looked around. She said, basically said, I'll take it all. But she didn't have wow. enough room, so it was great. I we had a little uh, Tom had a little van, uh, Ford Transit van, and we were able to take things in small um, batches over to her shop as she had room, and got a much better price even with her commission than uh, what I probably would have been able to get for it. So um, you know I don't know that that's a possibility for everybody, but um, do you have any tips for you know as far as selling things? I mean, with the pandemic, are, are people buying? Things? I mean, you know, like uh, so, right, realistic really about that. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if you know you really want to be realistic again about how much things are going to sell for. So like John, you're having a consignment shop right down the road from you that would take everything. That is a huge win. I don't think that you really realize. <laughs> oh no, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. No, I have this uh, beautiful Thomasville um, furniture set, sleigh bed, armoire, you, you know, lingerie chest, everything. It was my one of my dreams when I got. I always had hand me down furniture when I was a kid, and like when I got out of law school, that was like one of my gifts to myself was this nice bedroom furniture. But I'd had it for over twenty years. Like I was done with it. I wasn't going to take it to Mexico. And she actually brought a buyer over who bought it and they paid for the mover to come. And I got a, a really nice price on it. Um, and yeah, That's no, incredible. I, so we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really have to move much um, because we did. And, but also, like I said, we started, um, you know, we knew a year before we moved that we weren't going to renew our lease. And so that gradual process was huge. I can't imagine trying to do that in like a month or something. Um, right. It's yeah. I mean, doing it quickly, you would probably be forfeiting a lot of potential sales. Um, the thing with selling your stuff. So the best thing that you can do is look at the items that you have as if your next door neighbor owns them. We tend to place a tremendous amount of value on our stuff because it's ours, right? It seems so valuable because we own it. So you want to look at it like it's owned by somebody else. And if you walked into your neighbor's house and saw that, how much would you be willing to pay for it? So that kind of gives you a little bit of a starting point that, <laughs> that makes more sense than the, it removes that emotional piece of, of it being ours, right? Um, and then if you, know, if you do have some valuable things, definitely bring in an expert and find out how much they're actually worth. Otherwise, I would say you want to give yourself a set amount of time that you will devote to selling items. So your time is worth more than anything, right? And I'm, I know that this is what you teach also, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, so time is a non-renewable resource. We're never getting our time back. Money is a renewable resource. We always have the ability to make more money in the future. So if you're going to spend four hours selling something that you're going to get $50 for, 
is that really worth your time? So just set up before you get started, say, okay, my time is valuable and I will spend one hour trying to sell this if that's worth it, right? Um, but just kind of, it's a good way to assess how much of your time to put a value on your time is, you know, am I worth more than twelve fifty an hour? Probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And it is very difficult in the pandemic right now in terms of, it's actually easier to sell things than it was before. Cause you can do like porch pickups. There's a lot of those sort of like free marketplace type things. Um, but if you're planning on doing a lot of donating you, I would encourage you to go now because donation centers have been opening and closing and opening and closing during the pandemic. They're overwhelmed. Everyone is decluttering right now. And there's a lot of restrictions due to COVID. So if you're thinking about going to a donation center, do that sooner rather than later, because you never know what's going to happen when it's going to be open, when it's going to be closed. You know, that's a yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing um, that was really surprising to me, I had a, um, a nice set of, uh, it was a love seat and a sofa, you know, lazy boy, you know, good quality. I'd had it for quite a few years. The uh, love seat was in pretty good. It was in great shape. And then the sofa was in great shape, except one corner in the back had a little area. I have cats and I had some cat scratching on one area. Yeah. And I, do you know, Goodwill came over and they said, well, we'll take the love seat, but we don't want that sofa because it has damage on it. And I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, it was a, it was a nice sofa, you know, but like they wouldn't take it. Um, <laughs> have you experienced this? With, with yes, absolutely. So I was you shocked. Also, you know, if you're on social media, which you probably are because you're watching this on social media, this is a really good use of your social media post to your public page and say, where can I donate in my local area? Because there's probably a lot more resources out there than you're aware of. There's furniture banks. So typically furniture banks are volunteer run and they're set up in warehouses and they help homeless populations reestablish in homes. So they'll take pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Restore, which is Habitat for Humanity, Goodwill, Salvation Army, they only want stuff that's going to sell. So they're much pickier. And oftentimes they'll ask you to send pictures first. So make some phone calls and you can save yourself a lot of time at the back end. Know where your charities are, know what they're taking and know what their stipulations are. And definitely if you can have somebody come and pick up at your house, that is by far the way to go. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's a great idea. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah. And we actually found, uh, and that, you know, even just asking around people too. I mean, we found some charities that, uh, were lesser known that were like, so grateful. Like we would bring them stuff and they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, um, as opposed to, yeah, some of the, the ones that are more known and you know, they've just got things piled everywhere and they're They're like, <laughs> but like little thrift store, like there was, I remember there was a little thrift store that like supported an animal shelter and it, you know, they were just so grateful. Um, and that, you know, it wasn't, I felt bad. I was like, I wish I would have found you guys sooner. Cause I, you know, I would have brought more <laughs> stuff there instead of, you know, the Salvation Army, but, um, but it is a lot of churches have like um, yes. you know, little areas where they set up you know, like consignment type sales or you know, stuff like that. So churches are a good source for that. Uh, homeless shelters, animal shelters, 
animal shelters actually take linens and all sorts of things like that, which is, can be hard to let go of. So there's definitely options, but you do have to kind of poke around, but start that early, right? Figure that out first. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, from, from my experience, having done it a few times now, um, I would say the earlier, the better, um, for, for doing that sort of thing, because it is, um, as you say, is sort of a stressful, overwhelming process to begin with. And the more time you can give yourself to, you know, either work through the emotions or, or even just the, the logistical practical aspects of it, it seems like that's a, a much better way to go. Um, another thing, um, I have to tell you this funny story because, uh, it, it was, um, hilarious. So when we moved from California, we had the movers coming on a Sunday and we had a garage sale on Saturday for all the stuff that we weren't taking with. Right. And, um, we had everything like dirt cheap, right? Like you, this was a get rid of it garage sale. (laughs) This was not like a make money garage sale. Um, and we knew that anything that was left was going to be going to the donation center, right? We were going to have to to carry it. So, um, you know, the first couple hours were, were pretty good. And then as the day wore on, uh, people would say we would, or someone would look at something, they wouldn't even ask about it. And, and we, Oh, you were interested in that. Oh, Oh, you, you want, you want that? Uh, how much you get? Oh, well, okay. I'll give you that, um, for this price, but you have to take that, that, and that. <laughs> and literally, There was a woman who bought a, a hand painted armoire. It was originally a TV stand. We, it, my girlfriend and I remodeled, uh, the house and, and we painted this thing and it, it was, she was just going to use it as a, a closet, I think, um, single mom, Hispanic gal. And she said, can I come back later and pick it up? And, oh, Jessica, when she came, I mean, I gave her clothes, I gave her pots and pans, <laughs> I gave her like a, a lot of the stuff that, like I said, we were, and she, her eyes were so big, she was just like, but I can't pay you for this stuff. And we're like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> this is for you. you are paying us by taking it. <laughs> but, um, but it was, it went, we knew it went to a good home and uh, she was very grateful. It was a, a very funny garage sale. Tom, Tom, Tom probably tells the story better than I do, but uh, yeah, it was a, an interesting way to go. <laughs> it's always good if you feel, I mean, if you can find somebody in your local community who really is in need, it's so much easier to let go of stuff if you know it's going to somebody who truly needs it. That's one way we can bridge that emotional barrier of letting go of stuff, find somebody who really needs it, who you connect with. And that makes it so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, someone was talking about um, having things in storage and, and basically deciding, no, I really don't want it. And just being able to give it to someone who was, you know, young couple starting out needing to furnish an apartment, um, that type of situation. So yeah, good. All right. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you, you want to share before we wrap up here? Um, I, I think, you know, I would just say to anybody who's listening, you're on this journey, right? The experiences that you're going to create are so much more important than any single item that you have. So just really keep the bigger picture in mind. And I know, Dawn, you know, this is your message. Also, you share this all the time, but the weight of clutter and the weight of stuff, once you start letting it go, it's everything else flows so much more freely. So give yourself the gift of not creating too much stress around the process of letting it go. 
just let it go. And because you're going into this beautiful new experience and that's really keep that goal in mind, I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah, I am the prize. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for your sharing your wisdom about clutter. And I'll definitely <laughs> um put the the link in um in case somebody wants to to go through your workshop. I know it's uh phenomenal. Um, yeah, absolutely. Join us. So, <laughs> so that's wonderful. But uh, and thank anyways. you for having me. I love working with you know all seeing everyone just aspiring to all different things. This is this is why I do what I do so that my clients can get to this point too and live out their dreams. So you guys are doing amazing stuff. Oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Will you enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend? And uh, you we'll too. You soon. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and take the Are You Ready for an Overseas Life Relocation Readiness Quiz. We'd also love for you to become part of our OLR community on Facebook. Thank you for listening.